Want to help and support the show? Become a patron on our Patreon. We have three tiers that will fit anyone's budget. And we also have a store with merchandise from Coda and Ashton Green, renowned for his webtoon series, Evil Call. Thank you for the support and love that we've received, and enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome to the Dartarian Show. I'm Alexander Dartarian. And I'm Dominic Sykes. And today we're going to continue our talks about Chernobyl, one of the worst nuclear disasters in history. Yes. Uh, we're talking about the aftermath of the meltdown, which we talked about in part one. Mm-hmm. And we're also talking about global effects and how people reacted to it around yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. So now let's go into directly as the events were happening. What, what were we, what were we seeing at this time, Dom? So, ba- so we're talking like directly after, like after the explosion, everything after, first okay. responders, right. everything like, all right. So the explosion, um, and the fires and everything that were still remaining in the reactor, uh, it resulted in the development of a radioactive cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And that drifted not only over Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine, but also most of Europe and even as far as Canada, um, which is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the initial evidence um, of radioactive material uh, had occurred that came from Soviet sources from Sweden. So where on the 28th of April... Workers at the Forsmark nuclear power plant, which we also talked about previously, mm-hmm. uh, were found to have radioactive particles on their clothing. So it, Sweden is, a, I wouldn't say a good distance away, but it, I mean, it would take a couple hours to get there on a flight at least. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's like I said, it's crazy. Um, so <clears throat> it was Sweden's search for the source of radioactivity that, you know, let the rest of the world basically know uh, what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave them the first hints of it. Um, so the contamination was not on, not evenly spread, um, but scattered irregularly. So it wasn't just like a blanket. Yeah, it was. It's not was like patches. A volcanic ash. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it it scattered irregularly, and it also depended on weather conditions and stuff like Obviously, that. Which way the wind blew. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So. With, I know we talked about this in part one. Mm-hmm. They they contacted them, and this is when they they had not re, uh, said that they had an accident at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were yeah, like they, they were still saying that there was nothing well, wrong, or they this is they when they even, first admit that oh we had an accident, but it's contained, right? Yeah, and then they were like, oh yeah, we have it completely under control. So as far as Canada, that's I mean. And was that within the first few days, or was mm-hmm. that like weeks? That, yeah, that was like within the first ten days of the incident. Oh Lord! So I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like in Pripyat, which was like right there, ten minutes yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so reports from Soviet and Western scientists uh, indicated that Belarus received about sixty percent of the contamination. Yeah, they were that really fell close. on the Soviet yeah. Union, so they got hit the worst, hardest, pretty yeah. much. Well, except probably Ukraine probably yeah. got hit worse. Yeah. Um, so, and then, then also a large area in Russia's south of uh, Bryansk, which I'm probably not saying right, but um, that was also contaminated very bad. Um, okay, so here we're going to get into a little bit of the the casualties and the people that were hospitalized. Is this like at the location? Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's yeah. 
pretty much yeah it's it's in this area but I'll, more areas too we'll, we'll i'll get into it yeah um so 203 people were hospitalized mm-hmm. 31 of those died 28 of them dying from acute radiation exposure which is horrible um and most of them were the fire and rescue workers that we talked about not have in the first episode the ones that showed up not knowing that there was any kind of radiation they didn't have protective clothing or yeah. anything they literally just thought they were putting out a fire. Yeah. They had no no indication that there was any new uh, radiation leakage at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. And so most of them were the fire and the rescue, the police that had the roadblocks, stuff like that. Um, they didn't know what was going on. Uh, so 135,000 people were evacuated from the area, mm-hmm. including 50,000 from the nearby town of Pripyat. Um, and health officials ha- have predicted, right, or had predicted that over the next 70 years that there would be a 28% increase in the cancer rates in most of the population. You said seven, seven years, 70 years, 70, 70 years within 70 years or over 70 years, there will be about a 28% increase in cancer rates. I thought it'd be higher. I thought it'd be a lot higher. Yeah, but it's, that's still ridiculous. I mean, so the we really haven't finished the seventy mm-hmm. years. No, I mean, and, and with with I'm sure if I Google like right now what the difference between cancer rates globally uh, were between 1986 and now, mm-hmm. that there was probably a huge increase. Well, I mean, cancer cancer's been a big killer. Like well, they yeah. they talked about cancer in ancient Greece times. They knew mm-hmm. what cancer was, right? But. I I just assumed it would be a lot higher because of the fact the that radiation, the radiation stuff like that, and yeah. stuff. But do you think? Sorry, mm-hmm. but do you think with the with the Russian t- attacks on Ukraine, uh, do you think if there was a breach, do you think that the, that radiation is still strong enough to cause cancer rates to rise? You're talking about the uh, dome. Yeah, the dome. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, because okay. that. It's basically just been sitting in there. Yeah. There's nowhere for it to escape to or anything like that. I, I imagine that if, if there was a uh, a bomb that hit it or, or something and it just like completely cracked it open and mm-hmm. it started seeping out, that it would cause major issues. But I also think that the solution to that would just be putting over the bigger dome over the top of it. Yeah, if, if they could, if, yeah, if, if, they could if Russia allow, allowed it. Yeah. So, but yeah, they probably just put another dome over the top of that dome, you know, instead. Okay. Okay. So, um, like I said, 28% increase in cancer rates. Um, and then scientists also, Soviet scientists also reported that Chernobyl unit reactor four, which is the one that blew, yeah, uh, absolutely. contained about 180 to 190 metric tons of uranium dioxide fuel and fission products. Mm-hmm. Right. And that amount is estimated in the range from five to 30%. Because of the heat of the fire and with no containment building to stop it, part of the ejected fuel was vaporized and it rose into the atmosphere where it spread. So because of the so all, part of the core, yeah, vaporized basically mm-hmm. into the atmosphere. Yeah, because of all of the uh, uranium dioxide. And how, how many and megatons did you say? Uh, it was 180 to 190 metric tons. Metric tons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's like. Because uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima were only like, I would say, a hundred megatons. Oh yeah, I, like that. Th- you can't. And and I I did uh, had when I was doing the research on this had uh, read something like that. 
uh, you can't really compare oh, okay. the you radiation compare from gotcha. the okay. nuclear leaks to the radiation in the bombs because it's kind of a different oh, okay. type of thing. I, I was, that's what I was. Try, I, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah, you. I no, was like, what's the what's the, what's the comparison? But right. I guess if you can't compare it, cause it's you, two I'm different sure times there's a way to do it, but it's it, it's a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, the workers involved in the recovery and cleanup of Chernobyl were mm-hmm. called liquidators. Um, because they received the highest dose of radiation. Uh, and in most cases, those workers were not equipped with individual dosimeters yeah. to measure the amount of radiation received, so they had no idea. Um, and uh, experts at that point could only guess <laughs> what their what the exposure dose of, of those workers okay. were. Well, let's, uh, let's inform our listeners, if they not, might not know, mm-hmm. what a dosimeter is. Mm. Okay. It is a... Um, Thing that you wear on your shirt mm-hmm. or your uh, PPE or protective uh, equipment, uh, if it turns a certain color, that means you have reached your max radiation intake. Right, and, and you need to you need to leave. Get out, you yeah, need to get out. Decontaminate. Decontaminate. Oh my god, I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I got you. Yeah, you need to get out of there quickly mm-hmm. and. Uh, get cleaned up and everything and just it's it's a bad thing so those first responders and a lot of the people that were came after i guess didn't understand that and they didn't have that equipment yeah so that equipment is vital for you to know Mm -hmm. what your limits are yeah or otherwise you're going to be overexposed and you're not going to know it um so according to estimates between three hundred thousand and six hundred thousand people were involved in the cleanup total um of the 30 kilometer evacuation zone around the reactor. Okay. So uh, I don't know if we've discussed that previously or not, or if I was specific about it, but it was, there was indeed a 30 kilometer evacuation around where the reactor. I think is. we did talk about it because they, um, they just told them to bring a bag. Right. And that they, it would be temporary. Um, m- many of the people, um, return or entered the zone two years after the disaster as well. Um, so, the number of liquidators varies. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's some one number, sometimes it's another, but um, they put generally put the figure at about 600,000 total workers. 600,000 workers who became seriously ill with radiation yeah. poisoning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they also list... Um, I'm sorry. Um, I was uh, reading this one part real, uh, real quick. Uh, so in the first year after the disaster, the number of the cleanup workers in the zone was only estimated at 2000. Mm-hmm. So that was just, that's the first year. And remember it took years yeah. of trying to get this stuff cleaned up and more and more experience. So anyway, they received an estimated average dose of 165 milliserverts. Okay. So, and I'm going to get into what milliservants are. Yeah. Uh, what milliservants are. And also, you know, how much is bad. Basically. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not because I mean, I seriously don't know. Cause like I, I know there's radiation in the atmosphere already and there's certain, uh, items of food who actually have radiation on mm-hmm. them. All right. So, so yeah, we, we, we ingest and we're around radiation constantly. Yeah, we, there's like, natural radiation everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's what Godzilla feeds off of. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so the serve, the servert, 
I hope I'm saying it right, um, is a derived unit of measuring ionizing radiation. That's basically okay. what it is. So yeah. basically, it's the levels of radiation. Yeah, it's it's the That's measuring quick, system easy, for something like um, that, but like with tornadoes and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like how everything has basically its own measuring yeah. system. You've got like earthquakes has the um, oh, what do they call it? Seismic. No, there's a specific uh, scale that they use. I don't know. The Doppler? No, that's, no, that's, that's weather. Sorry. Weather. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a sevenfold right, increase mm-hmm. in DNA mutations has been identified in the children of liquidators. So their DNA the was incident. fundamentally changed. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Uh, so when compared to their siblings that were conceived before the incident um that effect diminished over time yeah but the initial there were there were a lot of mutations a lot of birth defects you know yeah yeah. horrible horrible stuff um so that that's basically um those the workers that were around Mm -hmm. the area of the fire crew the police and also the cleanup workers as well um now i kind of want to get into the short-term health effects Okay. And then I'll go later into the long term. Yeah. Um, but the immediate results is what we kind of are doing right now. Um, so we talked about the cloud of radiation and everything, you know. Flying over, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Affecting everyone, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, so we talked about the people that were hospitalized, correct? Yeah. 30, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Give me one second. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just go ahead and... So so we talked about the people who were initially there. Mm-hmm. They became sick first. Right. Obviously. Um, with radiation poisoning or acute radiation poisoning. Right. Which resulted in them becoming hospitalized relatively quickly. Yes. And they had to continually bring in people to replace the people that they lost. Yeah. So, I mean... This is one of the biggest, like I said at the beginning of the episode and mm-hmm. the, the part one, this is one of the biggest historically uh, environmental disaster mm-hmm. there's probably ever been. Yeah. So, like this right here, like Russia or the Soviet Union is not right, right now, mm-hmm. did not do their due diligence. No. For protecting these people. Mm-hmm. They lied to them constantly. Yeah. And it's as you're about to say, it's gonna it's gonna cause a lot of deaths. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm gonna kind of give you a uh, a scale basically of what typical doses of radiation look like, okay. um, and what's unsafe levels and what's you know safe. Yeah, levels. I think that's important to tell the audience that yeah. way they know. So they have a, a idea in their heads just yeah. how bad this stuff is. Um, so exposure from eating a hundred gram bag of Brazil nuts, right? Mm-hmm. That Which is contain a radiation. Yeah. That is a 0.01, I'm just going to say M's for millisieverts because I don't want to say millisieverts every single time. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, on average exposure on a transatlantic flight is about 0.08. And average annual exposure to nuclear power state uh, station. So as, as a worker at a, a safe, mm-hmm. contained power station, right, um, is only 0.18. Yeah, so it's it's very safe, right? Um, exposure per hour in some parts of Chernobyl's red forest regularly mm-hmm. 
is 0.4 millisieverts. Uh, the average dose of ra natural radiation that we all go through every single year uh, in America is 6.2. That's average. Just it's it's normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So a whole body CT scan, that's 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's 10. Okay. The lowest annual dose, lowest at which any increase in human cancer has been clearly detected, right? Mm -hmm. Is a hundred millisieverts. Okay. So if you, if there's a hundred, the highest you have cancer detectable radiation yeah. that causes cancer or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, that's a hundred. The maximum, maximum radiation levels recorded at Fukushima was 400 millisieverts. Yeah. And that was the most recent nuclear disaster yeah. in Japan. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's not, that's very, that's bad still. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's four times the, yeah. as high as what causes cancer. Cancer, exactly. Um, and the typical dosage received by the first responders who died within a month, mm -hmm. 6,000. Jesus Christ. 6,000. Yeah. Milliservants. Yeah. 6,000 when the cancer is a hundred. Yeah. So they had like, it was 600 times skin melting or no, 60 times, 60 times, 60 times, yeah. as, 60 times as strong to kill you. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I mean, these people, they, they died within, they've died fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, a lot quicker than most people would die from like, mm -hmm. and like, like you said, a CT scan or an X-ray, they're mm -hmm. like eight to 10. Yeah. Like, and we those, have protection. Are, yeah, yeah. We have protection. That's but, if you're being like, you know, yeah. If you get X-rayed every day. Yeah. Like if you get X-rayed every day, it's going to take a while. Yeah. To die from it for having any kind of effect. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean this, these people literally got blasted with yeah, this radiation. 600 X-rays. Yeah. Instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> at, at like that at moment, the same yeah. time yeah like yeah. it was like in that same split second they got 600 mm -hmm. ct scans full bodied ct scans yeah. and they got cancer 60 times <laughs> ridiculous so i mean so that's a, a kind of a scale for our listeners uh according it's, to it's unbelievable yeah according to a 2009 united nations committee mm -hmm. um the chernobyl Incident caused sixty one thousand two hundred man SV of radiation exposure to recovery workers and evacuees total. Sixty one thousand two hundred. So that's 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 on the scale. Yeah, well, that's breaking the scale. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm talking about now. No, that's that's not on the scale. I'm sorry. Um, that is going into the just the total. Oh, for everyone who's for exposed. all of the the workers. So it was and a total of 61,200 61, estimated uh, MSVs. Yeah. Um, so 125,000 to the populace of Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia uh -huh. total. Yeah. Uh, and a dose to most other European countries of 115,000. Okay. So the, so, farther, so the farthest away, it seems like you're getting more. It it's remember it's not it doesn't exactly spread like in a that cloud. Way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got you. So, but yeah, and some countries got it worse than others. Obviously, Belarus had it really bad. Um, but that that's total round all of it. Um, well, you know what I think? Why other countries got it worse than mm -hmm. right there at Priya Priya Pit and stuff mm -hmm. is because it killed them faster. 
it's, that could be, yeah. So maybe that's maybe they're adding up. I don't know if this is true. I don't know true. how they estimate or they, how they yeah, uh, maybe or maybe that's what they're just detecting in the air. But even if that was the case, then everything on Earth would die <laughs> because that's a lot of yeah. MSVs. And if a hundred causes cancer mm-hmm. and six thousand definitely kills you, yep. All right, so then a hundred thousand would kill everyone. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. The global. Global, the whole Earth, mm-hmm. collective dose from Chernobyl was earlier, right, estimated by the same committee in 88 mm-hmm. to be 600,000 MSVs. Jesus equivalent. Christ. That's equivalent, on average, to 21 additional days of world exposure to natural background radiation at one time. <laughs> So, that's it's that's almost needless, it's mind-boggling. I mean, yeah. wrapping your head around that is is just it's ridiculous. So their one mess up, their mm-hmm. one safety test that yep. went completely wrong, yep, has given people the most probably the most radiation that they've ever received in their entire life. Yeah, in one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's messed up. Um, so the inhalation dose, the breathing, uh, for the public during the time of the, the accident and the evacuation from the area, um, was estimated to be between three and 150 for just breathing, breathing it in. Okay. So does that like, I understand that the breathing is how we most, most of the time, like foreign, uh, pathogens get into our system. Hmm. But with radiation, it's also skin. Yeah, it's contact. Contact at all. If you touch it, it touch anything that had it on it. Yeah, like radiation is probably the most spreadable thing for real ever. Because unless you have lead, which I think lead and concrete and graphite, I think those. uh, No graphite. Graphite, a hundred. It like sticks to graphite. It make graphite makes it so much worse. Oh, okay, okay. Because they put graphite in the, the nuclear reactors. Yeah. Which I guess I don't know. I don't know like how said, that works. We're gonna have a guy on in May yeah, for our Patreon, and he's uh, he's very knowledgeable about that stuff. So yeah. definitely gonna be asking him about that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, okay, so thyroid doses for adults in the Chernobyl area were estimated to be to be, to be between twenty and a thousand. Mm-hmm. So that's the thyroid, which I, I I'm not a, I don't know a bunch thyroid, of terms, but thyroid controls weight. Mm. And body temperature. Right. So it's very important. You need your thyroid. Gotcha. So doses to the thyroid specifically was between 20 and 1,000. Yes. And the thyroid also holds the most radiation in yeah. the body. Yeah. Uh, now, the that's for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, one-year-old infants, um, those estimates were higher for them to be yeah. 20 to 6,000. Yeah, the body's smaller. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Smaller. It's, yeah, it's... smaller. So they the what a man would receive, yep. a baby would receive a lot more because it's less basically they have less fight in them i guess yeah or is this less body mass okay um so the internal dose uh due to the inhalation was eight to 13 times higher than the external dose due to gamma and beta emitters Mm -hmm. for those who remained until later after like day 10 yeah uh the inhalation dose was 50 to 70 percent higher than the dose due to external exposure. Okay. Um, and the majority of the dose was due to iodine-131. Yeah. Um, 
and tellurium and rubidium isotopes, which I, again, I don't know those terms, but I want to make sure that I'm, I'm giving yeah. that information so that, absolutely, you know, um, yeah. So the ingestion doses, now we're getting into stuff like if you eat, if it attaches to food and yeah. you ingest it, yes. Uh, and that's, that's another big issue because if any kind of soil has radiation in it, plants that grow in that soil, would they, would they grow though? Because like you would think would they like, grow at all. I'm yeah. not sure. Because radiation, pretty much, because like the reason we use radiation to kill cancer cells is because it literally kills everything, mm-hmm. except I don't for know. Co- I except don't... for cockroaches for some reason. Yeah, that's I weird. think they're aliens. Probably. They're from did you know? I, this is random, but did you know that scientists are now starting to think that octopuses are alien? Yes, I, I do know that. They think that uh, uh, some kind of bacteria or, or some microorganism from space, or like a meteor or something, fell down, and it it kind of like attached itself to squids and then they evolved from the squids because of that yeah into octopuses yeah, that's it's crazy because there's like nothing on earth yeah, isn't that, like them isn't that insane yeah. anyway i'm sorry that's kind of a oh it's fine like i said I, you mentioned the uh the cockroaches yeah, not being like, killed by radiation is one of the few animals that cannot mm-hmm. be killed by it but uh yeah yep okay sorry so the ingestion doses in the same group of people that we already talked about um, also had been estimated, you know, using different methods, mm-hmm. um, vegetables, milk, uh, from the animals that were infected, yeah, yeah infected was, uh, all of that was three to 180, uh, for adults and then two or sorry, 20 to 1300 in one year old infants Yeah, or children, I guess in general to be more specific. Um, but Again, it was also due to uh, ingestion. That was ingestion specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was... Eating contaminated foods. Yeah, that was basically just uh, all of the different ways that... And they got the radiation and how much specifically... Because we talked about the grand total radiation, but I wanted to go in specifically into detail. So... Um, now we're going to go into more like the with the long-term effects. Now we're still probably feeling some of those long-term effects or you know the people in Europe are yeah uh feeling those long-term effects now probably um but back in the day they didn't they had to kind of guess what would happen. Yeah. Um so studying the populations that were exposed provided data um that links that exposure to radiation and cancer in the future. So cases of pediatric thyroid cancer um, increased in Ukraine and Belarus three to four years after the accident. So that it increased like only three to four years later. It was yeah. increasing. Uh, children, of course, as we talked about, were most at risk. Um, the cases did not seem to increase in adults at all. It's because their thyroids mm-hmm. break down radiation. Mm-hmm. So... They're they're more advanced, like they're farther yeah. along, so they break down more how radiation. Does, how does that work, by the way? How so? How do you? Okay, for instance, their children with the birth defects and mm-hmm. the children that ended up with cancer because of it. Mm-hmm. How do you pass the? Does the radiation just go through the the the, the developmental process of of creating a child or? No, no, no. The radiation pretty much. Basically, every human on Earth has cancer cells in them. Uh-huh. They're already there. Okay. Uh, 
when you basically how some cancers are genetic. Uh-huh. So the radiation probably, and this is my opinion, I don't know this for sure, but the radiation would alter your DNA just slightly. Oh, I see. And then as you have a baby, okay. your DNA intermingles with probably your wife. And that who also has makes the ra- child have issues uh, yeah. with their yeah, with their genes. Their and genes as they stuff. pass it down, it's just more and more okay. cancerous okay. cells are entered or entered into the body. That makes, a, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, uh, um, like I said, for three to four years, um, it increased in basically ch- children. Um, the greatest increase were seen in children who were the youngest at the time of exposure. Yeah. So, they had it the worst. Yeah. So Most thyroids can't break down the cancer mm-hmm. or the, the radiation. You're right. Isotopes. Uh, most of the pediatric thyroid cases were reported in Gomel, Belarus, as we talked about, yeah. uh, where the population was exposed to the highest levels of contamination. Uh, the majority of the cases uh, that appeared in the exposed population were papillary thyroid cancer. That was the most common uh, type of cancer. Gotcha. Um, before the accident, the rate of thyroid cancer, cancer in Belarus was less than one per million. Yeah. By 1995, nine years later, mm-hmm. the number of cases of pediatric thyroid cancer rose to 100 per million. So it was, that was a huge There's jump. There's a huge jump yeah, yeah. there. And, and that I, was only in nine years. Yeah, in nine years. Yeah. So if you go along with that, mm-hmm. that's what, mm, freaking four or five a year? Something like that, or something like yeah, like no, one or two more a year. Mm-hmm. So if you go now, that's how long has it been? Like forty years. There's probably like a couple thousand per mm-hmm. per million. Yeah. So, a group of experts who are part of the agenda for research on Chernobyl Health or ARCH have had have proposed a series of potential studies that would examine the continued effects from the Chernobyl accident and then provide more information on the full extent of health consequences. Mm-hmm. And then results from lifelong observation of the exposed population could provide more information even to be able to uh, protect against radiation exposure. Yeah. Okay. So those are kind of the long-term, short-term effects type deals. Um, the problem with long-term effects um, is it's kind of controversial. They still don't know 100%. Well, different people break down mm-hmm. the radiational isotopes differently. Mm-hmm. So you, Dom, and me can break down radiation differently. Mm-hmm. So it may cause cancer in you, yeah, but not me. Right. So like I said, because everyone's different. Yeah. So it's good. It would be really hard to study something like that because yeah. everyone is different, different and yeah. they break down radiation isotopes differently. Right. So like, say we we're like, like what about twins? So, like, could one twin end up with cancer and one twin not? It depends on if they're identical, because identical mm-hmm. twins are this, yeah, it's, like ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, let's assume uh, identical twins. Identical twins. <laughs> yeah, I would say both of them would get cancer. Probably. Okay. Yeah, fraternal twins. Right. Because I know. A better chance. Obviously, you look at your family. You got family history or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got some people in your family that do have cancer, and then. Some it's, people that just don't. With cancer, I think it's just the luck of the draw, man. Yeah, pretty like much. It's, it's just, I hate to say it, and there's different factors that, like, 
And like if you smoke, mm-hmm. you you're more, oh, yeah. more likely yeah. to get cancer. I'm not saying I'm not going to say cancer or smoking causes cancer because I know plenty of smokers oh. who've lived up to be 90 years old Jeez. and then died of old age. I, I, uh, so I'll tell you the Surgeon General. So I'll tell you otherwise. <laughs> well, they said may cause cancer. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't think they know. Like cancer is just one of those things that you just don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't know if you're going to get it. You don't know what causes it directly. Yes. So, yeah. Um, radiation is one of the big ones, though, that they know for sure causes cancer. So, gotcha. And as you read, that's definitely within a correlation of what happened. Yeah. So we can prove it. Yep. So. All right, so we we went over the long short term effects uh, and kind of give everybody a scale of, you know, what what how much radiation was released yep. and uh, how it was at Chernobyl at that time yep. with uh, six thousand mm-hmm. MSVs. Yeah, when one hundred can kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so now I want to get into the international response to. Okay, so this is disaster. this is the exact like what everyone. Pretty much how everyone reacted, yeah. And reacted. Mm-hmm. So after the disaster, a number of countries reluctant reluctant to expand their nuclear programs, uh, understandably. Yeah. Uh, Italy and Switzerland tried to ban nuclear power altogether. Uh, countries like Netherlands and Finland postponed the addition of nuclear power plants. Um, the disaster reaffirmed a policy made by Austria and Sweden to terminate use of all nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. And then Germany set up regulatory organizations, um, basically just put extra safety precautions in place um, to help protect against nuclear radiation if something like that happened again. Yeah. Um, and just being open and honest. Yeah. Like if something oh, yeah, happens exactly. at your plant inform the public just be like okay yeah. well this happened you know this is what we're doing to fix it but just be be wary that you know you may be exposed mm-hmm. to something yeah so but so, so at Union, least they know i mean i get i get why sometimes they don't because you don't want to cause a panic and have people looting and rioting and all that stuff i get why sometimes governments don't tell but i think when it's when it comes to the when it comes public to safety everyone, yeah, public safety it, it needs to be addressed. yeah i 100 percent think it needs to be you know, and and people are going to freaking riot, and people are going to loot because every, yeah. human beings are stupid. <laughs> this is yeah. all there is to it. That we're just not very bright as for, in the we grand don't scheme we of don't things. do with um, pa- pan- or, uh, panic yeah, pandemonium very yeah, well. Pandemonium very well. Um, now with Chernobyl and everything, how they did it, like with don't misunderstand us. Nuclear energy is very safe. Mm-hmm. As many as nuclear power plants as we do have, the fact that there's only, only been, been three, three, three big ones, three big incidents, yeah, yeah, since nuclear power began, mm-hmm. has is a, I mean, impressive, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's been more a lot of failures. benefits to the uh, to be uh, getting from the use of nuclear energy. Yeah, it's almost limitless. Mm-hmm. It's it's clean energy. It doesn't pollute the atmosphere, atmosphere unless exactly. it melts down. Yeah, like I said, but Three Mile Island, I don't think was. I don't think that was bad. I think that was the least of all of them. Yeah, for sure. And then Chernobyl was really bad, but that was Chernobyl's also because yeah, that was because they didn't ask for help. They didn't communicate yeah. or anything. With Fukushima, when it got hit by that tsunami the and the tsunami, and the earth, following yeah, earthquake after. and yeah. tsunami, yeah, they everyone was on the ball. They, yeah, they hit. Japan was like, "This is what's going on. We need mm-hmm. help." 
exactly. And, and that was the like entire a, globe yeah. moved. I, I don't know that for sure, but I'm a, on the news. That's what they made it seem yeah. like that the entire globe was helping out yeah. Japan. Yeah. At that time, that's how you handle something mm-hmm. like that. So I, kudos to Japan for. I'm sorry, for but being every like time, that. every time we talk about Fukushima, the only thing I keep thinking about is Godzilla. <laughs> because of that, the oh, new, the oh, new Godzilla the new movie. One, yeah, the new ones like after yeah, Fukushima. they try to blame it on on Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, that like, was stupid. Yeah, yeah. They they took a tragedy that yeah. <laughs> that many people lost their lives. To yeah, it's kind of messed it up to a movie. So, all right. So in June of 1986, the European community community as a whole implemented new standards for ces- cesium, and they attempted to do the same for iodine, but they couldn't reach an agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, several international programs were formed, including the World Association of Nuclear Operators. That association linked 130 operators in 30 countries together, and nuclear engineers would visit nuclear plants worldwide to learn and work towards better safety. So uh, something good came out of Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. As well, much as yeah. bad came out of it, there and it was some, a lot of bad, mm-hmm, but there, there was some good stuff like safeties, which committees. If you could argue that they wouldn't be needed in the first place if they just followed yeah, the procedures that were there. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Twenty hindsight, so, yeah. Um, but it, a lot of good stuff did come out of Chernobyl mm. and <clears throat> safety issues and committees, which, again, like you said, should have been put in place. Yeah. But like I said, it's too late to go back now. Yeah. But stuff did come out of it. And that's that's pretty much how humans are. Yeah. Humans don't think that stuff's going to go wrong. But right. we're, we're a good at reaction species. Mm-hmm. Something happens, we adapt to it. Yep. And I, I Chernobyl right there is what... Like, literally, we were like, oh, nothing's going to happen. You know, Soviet Union was like, oh, a safety test. We're going to shut down everything and pull out cores and shit. Mm -hmm. Nothing will happen. Right. And then something happened. They're like, oh, shit, we got to fix this. Right. So we reacted to that. Yeah. Or they did. Reacted to that. Mm -hmm. And with everything else. And then right now, we're still reacting to it. We're trying to battle cancer and stuff with the uptick of cancer because of the radiation poisoning all around the world. So, like I said, we're a very reactive species. Yeah. So we react to stuff, and it we need to get to a point to be a proactive, <laughs> yeah, instead species. of reactive. So yeah, yep. so this stuff doesn't happen anymore. Yep. All right, so um, that's pretty much the aftermath of of Chernobyl, yeah, and, and the things that uh, that it affected. Uh, I do. Do we have time? To possibly talk about a couple of urban legends or creepy stories that have formed because of that. Yeah, we have time. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so here's one: uh, the Black Bird of Chernobyl. Okay. According to legend, several people began to see a large winged creature with red eyes in early April before the Chernobyl disaster. The creature became known as the Black Bird of Chernobyl, and many have drawn parallels between that creature and America's Mothman. Yes. Yep. Both creatures were supposedly seen right before disasters. The Mothman in Point Pleasant uh, at the bridge, which cost 46 people their lives. Um, And also in similar in appearance, they've been described similarly as large, black, winged, and glowing scarlet eyes. They almost exactly the same. No, that's Mothman. Sorry. You would think, yeah. So that just reaffirms the... That it the uh, Mothman's not a showing up before a disaster. Yeah. It might be a warning, warning system for us. Yeah, that's kind of cool that we you know. Yeah, so right. we need to start looking out for Mothman's or giant black birds with red eyes mm-hmm. 
and it's something if you see them over something, something you know something's gonna go down. Yeah, I, I would be, I'd be, uh, I'd wonder if something like that was seen before nine eleven. I don't know. Do you think like I, we um, could look into stories about yeah. it, but um, now some of these are like urban legends. Some of them are just sto- creepy stories. Uh, thing creepy things about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kapachi, which was a small village about four point five miles southwest of Chernobyl. Uh, after evacuating the village, Soviet authorities found such high radiation levels in the area that they decided to bulldoze everything in the uh, village, right? Yeah. Except for an elementary school. So they left the creepiest thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> Un- unknown to those who made the decision, burying radioactive materials results in the radioactivity leaking in the ground, as we talked about. Yeah. Um, and in the case of Kapachi, the radio- radioactivity of the buildings became part of the soil and water, making the region uninhabitable for generations. Yeah. The surviving school is an attraction for photographers and stuff like that because it's abandoned and it's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's old toys, uh, school stuff, dolls, stuffed animals still in there 40 years later. And now can you go to this place? Like, are you able to visit it? I do not know. A hundred percent. You'd have to look into that, but um, that would be a really cool place to go, though. But uh, you can go to Pripyat now. Yeah, I, I know you can't stay there overnight, but you no. can visit. Okay, so next is uh, while well, you're looking into that, uh, a generation of so-called stalkers, right? Mm-hmm. In 2014, Slate ran an extensive piece uh, on subculture known as. Uh, sorry, a subculture phenomenon known as stalkers. These young Russians and Ukrainians, almost all of whom are men, romanticize the apocalyptic environment of the exclusion zone and the Kordonov area surrounding Chernobyl. They sneak in, explore buildings, sleep in ruins, and even bring Geiger counters along to see how long, how much radiation they have been exposed to. Yeah. Um, stalkers take their name from characters in the novel Roadside Picnic, which was turned into a film. Uh, and it refers to thieves who sneak into zones harboring lethal phenomena. So any place like adrenaline junkies, basically people that go to places that are, are scary or um, like dangerous. Yeah. Um, and just for a thrill. I, I have some information about All right, the go thing. Ahead. Um, the exclusion, there's exclusion zone, zones around mm-hmm. it, 10 to 30 kilometers out. Right. right? Children are not allowed to live there. So if you have any children, you're you not allowed to live there at all. Right. And we talked about why. Yeah. Uh, there are a few inhabitants that choose to return to their homes in the exclusion zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the evacuation pop- evacuated populations live mainly in the new constructed towns um, around it with very little to no contamination. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Chernobyl and around exactly where Chernobyl is and stuff will not be habitable mm-hmm. for another 20,000 years. Gee, well, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 20,000 years. You don't think there's any kind of technology that we can come out with within 20,000 years that would be able to do something about that? I, I think I'm so. I'm sure. I'm sure there would be. I think not even, um, not even in, in 10,000 years, but it is possible. They do have overnight tours. Of of Chernobyl right. or uh, Pripyat, you can stay in the hotel there. That's cool. or a hotel there. I'd do that. Um, but you get nine point four six um microsieverts per hour. So you kind of have to be willing yeah. to 
roll the dice on that one. Uh, the radiation at the site doesn't pose any threat to you. Okay. Because it's per hour. That's how the microsoverts yeah. are things. So right. the, well, those people that got the 6,000, that's yeah. per hour. Right. So gotcha. like that's what kills you, yeah. basically. Okay. So, well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I like I said, if you guys want to go, they do do well. Not right now because obviously, no, with everything going on. Yeah. yeah. So, but hopefully, within the future, stuff will calm down over there, and you could take tours there. Yeah. Um, so back to the stalkers. Um, that's what these people that go into the exclusion zones and uh, sneak in and explore the ruins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't there a video game coming out? Yes. Yeah. And that's that's what that video game is is about is these stalkers that that do this and that's I think is really cool. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it's modeled after and uh, that's actually a game I'm super excited for. Yeah. Stalker Two or something like that. Home or Heart of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, I heard there's also myths or urban legends that there are mutated animals living there. Yeah, mutated animals, mutated humans. There's all kinds like of urban deers legends. Deers with that. two heads and yeah. stuff. You see them on YouTube and TikTok all yeah. the time and but stuff. But it's that's not the case. No, it's it's false. <clears throat> but uh there are a lot of birds. Yeah. The birds were the first to return. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that was a interesting fact about that too. Yeah, I wonder why. <sighs> I don't know either. I, I really don't know, but like that's why they think that like maybe that the twenty thousand years is a little bit like that's to be on the safe side, mm-hmm. and that's why they've let people move back into the exclusion zones. Gotcha and stuff because there's animals there. All right, you ready to hear something really interesting? Mm-hmm. The documentary, the Russian woodpecker, yeah, explores a conspiracy theory, right? Okay, that's explained by Ukrainian artist Fodor Alexandrovich, and the theory says that the meltdown was actually orchestrated in order to cover up the failure of the Russian woodpecker. The woodpecker was an array radar meant to detect missiles before they'd even been launched uh-huh. and was so named after the loud tapping sound um, yeah. that the device made. Yeah. But it cost 7 billion rubles and it didn't work. <laughs> so they, they contaminated the world I, to cover it up. That's the the conspiracy. That theory. doesn't make sense. I know, but it's, <laughs> anyway, unless they were trying so, to do the missiles, right? They're trying to mm-hmm. be like, okay, we'll launch a missile at Chernobyl so we can see if we could stop it and, it and then it hit it. But I, I've, I've actually talked to the guy we're going to um, mm-hmm. interview and he said, that's not how that would work yeah. if it blew up. Okay. All right. So uh, his evidence for this theory, mm-hmm. the Duga three, probably didn't work because of the Aurora Borealis messing with signals, which mm-hmm. the Soviets may not have accounted for. And it would have been very bad for Soviet leaders to admit that they screwed up. As we know, they don't like to admit. Yeah. They, they don't do anything up. wrong. Furthermore, uh, Chernobyl's in- instability was already well known as it had issues with reactors before. So a meltdown would make a convincing story. Yeah. Um, I don't really think. I don't think that's it. I think they just they they messed up with the safety test mm-hmm. and it melted down. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, a Russian scientist. This is the next one. Sorry. Okay. Uh, a Russian scientist who managed to survive the disaster moved to a very small Greek island called Gavdos with six other Russian scientists, mm-hmm. and they made a home there. But some conspiracies suggest that the scientists actually went to the island in an attempt to seize control of the Earth or become immortal. Oh my god! 
Yep. Gavados. Everybody knows what radiation turns <laughs> you into a vampire. <laughs> right? <laughs> or a superhero. Yeah. Gavdos has about 50 permanent residents, though it's a popular spot for tourists in the summer. But in mythology, the island has been thought of as the real uh, Ogigia, mm-hmm. Calypso's mythical island. Yeah. Um. So Vice spoke to a filmmaker about making a documentary, The Immortality Commune of Gavdos, who said that the scientists work on various inventions from inside a compound. They have seven acres of land given them to a to them by a priest and they're very kind to other residents of the island often working on various projects free of charge okay so say that so, they're not immortal right right that's 50 people the population of 50 people mm-hmm. all m- making children together right so yeah <laughs> there's a lot of incest going yeah. on uh some think that the russian scientists are spies while others think that they survive due to the island's healing properties but the scientists themselves seem consumed with the idea of immortality and with Greek philosophy. And they're even building a temple they call the Temple of Apollo. You know, it, that might be the location of the Fountain of Youth. We don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Pond, uh, Pond de Leon thought it was in Florida and mm-hmm. he should have just went to the Mediterranean. <laughs> Here's another conspiracy theory. I, I love conspiracy theories. I'm sorry. Uh, there's an alien conspiracy theory. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I freaking knew it. I knew that aliens There's were going to come in this. at least one. Uh, not that the aliens caused the disaster, but that they saved the human race from utter annihilation. Oh, like they soaked up the radiation force? I don't know, yeah. According to I the mean, con- they could have soaked all of it up. That would have been Maybe. nice. Yeah. According to the conspiracy, people spotted UFOs around the same time as the explosion. One witness reported seeing an object for about six hours. I'll, wait, wait. <laughs> I like how we no one knew for like eight days that something happened. Yeah, and now all of a sudden they were like, "Oh, I remember oh, seeing I UFOs." Saw UFOs. There was like, a, no, a, a Mothman over there. Or no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't even know the plant blew up until like the restaurants were like, "Oh yeah, by the way, our plant blew up." Yeah. Uh, one witness reported seeing an object for about six hours. Those who believe that this object was both real and piloted by aliens suggest that the aliens helped tone down radiation levels, preventing an even larger exposure. Though the damage was certainly terrible, it wasn't as apocalyptically bad as believers say it could have been. And a doctor claimed to have seen a similar UFO three years later at a time when a reactor was sending off high radiation levels. Oh my god. This, similar I'm gonna, conspiracy I'm gonna theories ask, are around Fukushima, by the way. I'm going to ask during their interview. Mm-hmm. To see, to see if he believes it. Oh, about the aliens. Yeah, about the aliens. No way. I'm gonna. That's one of the. That's one of the questions. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is that um, there's rumors that have spread that Chernobyl survivors and their families had some kind of uh, contagious illness, like a Chernobyl HIV, mm-hmm. uh, that can be spread to others, uh, according to Congressman Chernobyl HIV. Yeah. <laughs> okay. According to former Congressman Glenn Browder, who wrote about his visit to the area in Huffington Post, the stigma impacts the local economy as companies are less inclined to in- invest in affected areas because of the fact that they, this rumor has spread that, you know, uh, the fake claim, he explains, contributes to the isolation of those who have already been through something horrible. Okay. So when was this? What year was this? The, what, the year was the article done? No, no. Like, what year did the senator go? He doesn't say. You know, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, HIV in the 80s was huge. 
and we didn't know where it came from. Yeah, if it so was, we were probably guessing. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Chernobyl did it. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, but but a rumor like that, like like he was saying, it, it just makes people not, yeah. you know, it, it is bad. All right, so as we discussed about the animals and stuff, um, one of the urban legends about Chernobyl are mutant zombies that stalk Pripyat. <laughs> mutant zombies? Mutant zombies, yep. All right, so one common hoax is that the blast mutated humans into flesh-eating zombies that will devour any disaster tourists or researchers that cross their path. So, And this has been helped along with movies like Chernobyl Diaries and video games like uh, Singularity. So uh, the mutant zombies mm-hmm. that waited to start eating people until we placed a dome over it. I'm going to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, So their one piece of evidence, right, is a very grainy video that was shot from a helicopter during the everything that was going on. Yeah. uh, That appeared to show said zombies ripping a man apart limb from limb. And there, there is a video here. um, I kind of want to watch it (laughs) just to see what it looks like. Um, Okay. But radiation affects cameras and stuff and and electronics so as much radiation is there i doubt a video camera would have worked right but i mean it might be i don't know well i don't don't know how radiation would react to a human well that that, i I don't know i'm not a physicist yeah i don't know that was a hoax right in reality Mm -hmm. the video that is right here Mm -hmm. um is there a way we can post that i'm sure there is we can we can probably find it um, but in reality, the video was taken from uh, the Ukrainian game Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl, so the prequel t- to the game that's coming out. Oh, okay, soon. okay. Uh, that's what that footage was taken from. But people had seen that and were like, "Oh yeah, you know this. The, there's this is evidence that there's zombies. You know." Oh well, if it's in a video game, we're not gonna post it. Yeah. you guys can find it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a video game. But yeah, those are just some different, you know, urban legends, hoaxes, and conspiracy theories that surround Chernobyl. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting as as crap and uh just but the truth like yeah. always is way worse. Yeah. Uh it not only killed the, the workers but it 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 the effects were yeah, effects were all over Europe. That and it's always worse in children mm-hmm. unfortunately. Or, anything that that is the sins of the father are yeah. visited upon the sons. Exactly. Yeah. That's what the saying is. Uh daughters too. Yep. <laughs> but uh all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Go ahead and follow us in that link below, and we will see you next week. For it was supposed to be Blackbeard, but I'm going to switch that with Urban Legends. So we're going to do Urban, Urban Legends, Legends Main, uh, Main, yes, and then it will be Blackbeard after that. Right. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>